0: You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. On today's show, full reaction to the weekend that was in SEC Week 11 – including another impressive second half by Florida on the road, an Alabama beatdown of LSU on the road, and a double-digit Aggie road win. We'll recap it all. Also, South Carolina, they made a coaching hire already, what Shane Beamer hopes to do for the Gamecocks that Will Muschamp was not able to do. We'll discuss that. And also, we'll take an early look at this weekend's games in the SEC, tell you the times, the networks, everything you need to know. I am Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On SEC for free wherever you get your podcast. You'll get the latest episode of Locked On SEC as soon as it comes out five days a week. All right, we're going to do things a little bit differently today than we normally do. Normally, we would run through each game with a recap of what happened. Today, we're going to do it a little bit differently. I'm going to give you the top ten takeaways from the weekend that was in the SEC. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Boots for hand the right. Around the Conference Number one, we start with Shane Beamer Officially been hired as the new South Carolina head football coach Beamer was born in Charleston, South Carolina Of course, his dad, longtime Virginia Tech coach Frank Beamer But the 43-year-old Shane Beamer comes over from Oklahoma Where he was serving as assistant head coach under Lincoln Riley Prior to that, Beamer had served as an assistant coach at Mississippi State, South Carolina. Georgia was a grad assistant under Phil Fulmer at Tennessee back in the day. But most notable, he served as a as the recruiting coordinator in his last two years at South Carolina back in 2009 and 2010. That was where he brought in recruiting classes that included NFL players like Stephon Gilmore, Alshon Jeffrey, as well as Gamecock stars in running back Marcus Lattimore and Connor, uh, quarterback Connor Shaw. Beamer is going to be introduced at a press conference today, but earlier on Saturday, there were reports that Louisville's Scott Satterfield and Louisiana's Billy Napier were both had both interviewed for the job and both turned down the job. Coastal Carolina's Jamie Chadwell and Florida O.C. Brian Johnson also interviewed for the gig. But the reports say Beamer had a swell of support from former players. I mean, you're talking guys in the NFL, guys who played For South Carolina, when Shane Beamer was there, everybody was going to bat for him, saying that Beamer will help, quote, bring the culture back. Shane Beamer will look to get back to the success that Steve Spurrier had in that decade-plus in Columbia, as opposed to the 28-30 and record they were under Will Muschamp. A.D. Ray Tanner said, quote, I believe that Shane Beamer is the perfect fit to be the head football coach at the University of South Carolina. So there you go. Will Muschamp out. Shane Beamer in. The only other open job right now in the SEC is Vandy. We'll see who they hire in the coming weeks. Trask drops back, swings the pass off into the flat to the left, and wide open, Canarius Tony will waltz into the end zone, hand the ball to the official, and the Gators have done it again, scoring in the final two minutes of the first half to take the 16-7 lead. Number two, the Heisman gap is closing. Mac Jones closing the gap behind Kyle Trask for the Heisman. Coming into the weekend, it was Kyle Trask who was the odds-on favorite for that Heisman Trophy. Now, after this weekend, some sports books have flipped Mac Jones as the slight Heisman favorite. Alabama was looking to pay back LSU for handing them that loss a year ago in Tuscaloosa, and boy, did they take out their frustrations on them. Mac Jones was outstanding Saturday night. He went 20 of 28 for 385 yards, four touchdowns, was not sacked and he brought his season totals to 3,100 yards, 27 touchdowns, only three interceptions, and Alabama won the game 55 to 17. Now, earlier in the day, not to be outdone, Kyle Trask flung it around on the road in Knoxville, going 35 for 49, 433 yards, and four touchdowns, no picks, in a 31-19 route of Tennessee. Trask has had no less than three touchdowns in all nine of his games so far this year, And the funny thing is, Trask has no run game to compliment him like Mac Jones does. Florida, on Saturday, ran 66 plays. Only 14 of them were true rushing plays. I like that Dan Mullins kind of said, you know what? We don't like to run the ball. We don't run the ball. We're just going to fling it. And Kyle Trask has been very successful in doing that. His season totals is now up to 3,200 yards, 100 more than Mac, 38 touchdowns, 11 more than Mac, and just the three interceptions, same that Mac Jones has. But this is all setting up for a duel between the Jones and Trask uh, battle in the SEC Championship game coming up next week at Atlanta. And the winner of that game should likely have the upper hand for the Heisman Trophy. He waits, Mack claps his hands, gets the snap. Mack stands in, throws back to the end zone, high. Devontae, oh my goodness, touchdown Alabama. An unbelievable touchdown catch. I mean, even LSU fans are applauding him right now. What a grab. Yeah, with Ole Miss not playing this week, Devontae Smith went past Elijah Moore for the leader in SEC receiving yards this year. If there was any doubt prior, Devontae Smith is a freak. For four straight games now, Devontae Smith has gone gone at least over 140 yards receiving And this past Saturday in Baton Rouge, Smith had his best game of the year. Eight catches, 231 yards, three touchdowns. He was absolutely unguardable as the LSU defense had no answer for him. Now on the season, Devontae Smith has 1,305 receiving yards. That's ahead of Elijah Moore, who has 1,193. Smith's 15 touchdowns on the year lead the nation. There's actually another guy who's tied with him, Jalen Darden of North, North Texas. But after the game on Saturday, Saban said of Devontae Smith, he's probably done as much this year for our team as any player that we've ever had. I think a real question moving forward is, should Devonte Smith be more of a Heisman candidate over his quarterback, Mac Jones? Only twice since 2003 has a wide receiver even been a Heisman finalist. And Matt Zenitz from AL.com made the case saying, Devonte is arguably the best, most valuable player on the nation's number one team. He should be considered. The will have a, one more chance to pad the stats for him this weekend in Fayetteville versus Arkansas before they take on Florida and Atlanta for the SEC title game. Handoff to Rose, coming near side, tries to get outside. He'll go in. Touchdown, Kentucky. Just inside the front right pylon. He used the stiff arm to keep the defender at bay and score. Over at Kentucky, their offense coordinator, Eddie Gran, is out, as well as quarterback coach Darren Henshaw. A quote from Kentucky coach Mark Stoops yesterday said it was a difficult time, but I also have to recognize I have a responsibility to our players, our fans, our administration to do its best for our program as we move forward. Matt Jones at Kentucky Sports Radio tweeted, while it's tough to say goodbye to Eddie Grand, there are plenty of reasons to be grateful for what he did at Kentucky. UK went to four straight bowl games with him as the OC. They won t- 10 games in one year and just a very memorable run, plus he's a really good guy. So Eddie Grand is out, but on senior night in Lexington, Kentucky, South Carolina and Kentucky both finishing off their seasons in their 10th game. Kentucky crushed the Gamecocks 41-18. Terry Wilson, the senior, threw for over 200 yards, but the Cats ran for almost 300 yards again. Chris Rodriguez had 139 and three touchdowns. A.J. Rose 101 himself on the ground. And Terry Wilson recorded over 1,000 rushing yards in his Kentucky career. It's the 40th player in Kentucky history to hit that milestone. Mark Stoops. A lot to be proud of at Kentucky. This was a difficult season for him, battling the numbers and all that, but he will hit the trail to find his next offensive coordinator. I think he hinted they want somebody who will entertain and wow the fans. We'll see who they bring in to run the offense moving forward with Kentucky. Stoops also said there's an overwhelming majority of players who voted they want to play postseason football if the team gets an invite to a bowl game. So Kentucky will be bowling. And number five on our list, Eli Drinkwitz. Deserves a lot of votes for the SEC Coach of the Year, in my opinion. Mizzou kicked a game-winning field goal on Saturday to beat Arkansas 50-48, and they improved to 5-3 and three on the year. They still have games against Georgia and Mississippi State, so realistically a 6-4 and four finish is likely coming, but there's still a chance they could pull off that upset over Georgia and go 7-3. and three. But before the season, there was a lot of talk on how bad Vandy, Arkansas, and Mizzou were all going to be. I remember a lot of people saying Mizzou would only have one or two wins. But in year one, Eli Drinkwitz has really done a great job with a freshman quarterback at Connor Bazelak. They lost week two to Tennessee. But if they played that game right now, I'm pretty sure the the outcome would be different. Sam Pittman, look, he was garnering a lot of respect for SEC Coach of the Year a few weeks ago. And I give the Razorbacks a lot of credit. They fought their butts off on Saturday, scored the presumably game-tying touchdown, but went for two and got it to go up one. But Mizzou would answer. They'd go right back down the field, kick the game-winning field goal, and that's now three straight losses for Sam Pittman to drop Arkansas to three and six. I get it. Some thought Arkansas was going to be god-awful, and Pittman has made them somewhat relevant, at least respectable. But right now, if I had to vote for SEC Coach of the Year, Dan Mullen, it's been impressive. Nick Saban, always solid. But my vote right now would go to Eli Drinkwitz at 5-3 in Mizzou. Also, a quick tip of the cap to Arkansas quarterback K.J. Jefferson, who was a surprise starter on Saturday. Everybody expected Felipe Franks to play. They did such a good job of keeping it a secret. Even the Arkansas broadcast crew didn't know minutes before kickoff. But Jefferson threw for 274 yards, three touchdowns, no turnovers, rushed for 32 yards on another score. He was really good, running back Treylon Smith, outstanding with 172 rush yards and three touchdowns, and wide receiver Treylon Burks, 10 catches, 206 yards, and a score. If all three of those guys come back next year, the Razorbacks are going to be dangerous. For Mizzou, Larry Roundtree, 185 rushing yards and three touchdowns himself. He has really come on these past two weeks to give himself, or put himself, top five in the SEC in rushing. Coming up next, we'll get to the rest of our top 10 takeaways from the weekend in the SEC. Hey, guys. A quick minute here for our friends at Coors Light. It was another awesome weekend of sitting around and watching football another awesome weekend of pounding Coors Lights. You know, we like to celebrate responsibly. We take it slow. But, man, when you're getting excited watching the games, watching your team score, or go down in a blaze of glory, either way, you're doing it with an ice-cold Coors Light in your hand. Watching football is therapeutic to us. We know it's our uninterrupted me time and it is a perfect excuse to chill and drink beer. And Coors Light wants to be that beer in your hand. You're the official beer of watching any sport just to drink beer. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. It's cold lagered, cold filtered, cold packaged. It is as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for any moment to unwind. So when you crack open that Coors Light, think of watching football, relaxation, and mountain cold refreshment, and you'll be off and running. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you guys want to hit that reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their new look cans delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. And remember to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, tomorrow on the show, we're going to head out to Columbia, South Carolina. We're going to talk with our buddy Ben Briner of the state newspaper. We'll get his thoughts on the Shane Beamer hire and press conference. That'll be tomorrow on Locked on SEC. Really interested to see what uh, Shane Beamer is going to say about uh, his hiring and why uh, South Carolina knew that he is the guy for the job. And how much more difficult will he make it on some of those coaches in the SEC East? All right, let's get back into it. Our biggest takeaways from Week 11 in the SEC. Despite a big night from Najee Harris at Alabama, Kevin Harris also had a big night over at South Carolina to remain the SEC's leading rusher. We mentioned earlier Najee Harris electric in his game against LSU. 21 carries, 145 yards, three touchdowns. But how about Kevin Harris at South Carolina? Despite his head coach being fired, despite playing in a blowout loss to Kentucky, Kevin Harris had 21 carries for 210 yards and a touchdown. He finishes the season with 1,138 yards on the ground. That is the best in the SEC and 100 yards more than Najee Harris. Now, Najee will probably pass him next weekend at Arkansas, but Kevin Harris also – the only the third running back in program history to post, post multiple 200-yard games behind only George Rogers and Marcus Lattimore. Both Kevin Harris and Chai Smith, they were two of the lone bright spots in an otherwise really tough season for South Carolina. But Kevin Harris becomes just the ninth back in South Carolina history to rush for 1,000 yards, the first since Mike Davis did it in 2013. And when you consider Harris, he's going to be back next year as a junior, And they'll also have redshirt freshman, four-star running back Marshawn Lloyd back with him in the backfield. Lloyd missed this entire season with an ACL tear, but that is a scary backfield when you consider Marshawn Lloyd with Kevin Harris. And that is something Shane Beamer should be very excited about at South Carolina. Number seven, Tennessee fans should be encouraged by what they saw Saturday out of Harrison Bailey. The true freshman quarterback was 14-21, 111 yards, and a touchdown. We said last week, the few times we've seen him out there, they've had handcuffs on him, kind of let those go this week, and we were able to see some glimpses. But just another reason why Jeremy Pruitt may not survive this season, once Florida made the game out of hand, basically, Pruitt pulls Bailey in favor of J.T. Shroud, who also made some decent throws, but for Vol fans, They wanted to see more of Bailey. If he is indeed the future, if this is the guy everything you sold us on, they wanted to see more of Harrison Bailey. I assume Pruitt doesn't want to lose Shroud to the transfer portal, so maybe that's why he put him in, maybe make him happy, get him a little bit of playing town. But, man, if Harrison Bailey is the guy next year, it doesn't make any sense to not let him finish that game. I know it's garbage time, but let him get a little confidence going. Let him pad his stats a little and build that towards the future. I don't know what they're doing in Tennessee. I'm just glad Jarrett Garantano isn't a quarterback anymore because that's been ugly to watch. But is Harrison Bailey the future of Tennessee? More importantly, is Jeremy Pruitt the future of Tennessee? Only time will tell. Number eight, is Bo Nix good enough to take Auburn to the next level? Look, we saw Bo Nix last year as a freshman. And he was solid. He won SEC Freshman of the Year honors. He won ranked teams against, or ranked games against Oregon and Alabama. He went 9-4 in year one, lost the bowl game. But this year, a little bit of a sophomore slump for Dix. He's thrown for right at 2,000 yards with just 10 passing touchdowns in nine games. He does have another six rushing touchdowns, but... Bo Nix has lost games this year to A&M, Alabama, Georgia, and South Carolina. His lone win over a ranked team was week one against Kentucky. Can Auburn fans expect Nix to take his game to the next level as a junior next year? Or should they be open to maybe, say, a transfer quarterback to bring Auburn to greater heights? Auburn has one more game left on the schedule. That's at Mississippi State. And I'm sure, look, Bo Nix is going to look fine against them. But for a guy who is the third most sacked quarterback in the SEC this year, I think Auburn fans are right to question if Bo Nix is all they hoped for and hoped he would be moving forward. In motion from right to left. Second back through is Anais Smith, and Anais has the touchdown, Aggies. All right, lead play. Anais goes right up the middle, and uh, that offensive line blows Auburn off the ball. And it's a touchdown for the Aggies from four yards out. Number nine, the Aggies' playoff hopes still alive. After kind of a lackluster win over LSU the week prior, a and looked good at Auburn, scoring 17 fourth-quarter points for a come-from-behind 11-point victory. Kellen Mond, much better throwing this week, going 7-for-11 on third downs. Jimbo Fisher just had Kevin Steele guessing with his play call, and the Aggies put up... Over 500 yards of offense on Auburn for the double-digit win. Kellen Mond also joined the likes of Tim Tebow and Dak Prescott as the only SEC players ever to put up 9,000 career passing yards with over 1,500 career rushing yards. Now the Aggies have to finish things off with Ole Miss and at Tennessee to hopefully cap off a 9-1 season and await and see what happens with Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, and others to hopefully get that fourth spot in the college football playoff. And number 10, expect changes at LSU this offseason. My goodness, it is crazy to think just 11 months ago, LSU was on the top of the mountain of college football, capping off one of the most dominant seasons in college football history, one of the greatest offenses ever, and winning a national championship over big bad Clemson. But now we have a 3-5 and five LSU team that's Let's be real, likely going to be 3-6 and six after this weekend when they go to Florida. And you just wonder how things are going to get better. Well, first and foremost, they have to make a change of defensive coordinator. Because LSU played so late into the offseason last year, Dave Aranda leaves for the Baylor job. Their options were limited for a new D.C. But Bo Polini has turned out to be a massively awful hire. On Saturday, Pelini's off- or defense gave up 650 yards of offense to Alabama, 55 points, and it feels like it could have been worse. On the season, LSU is allowing 469 yards a game. That is 14th worst in the country, only behind Ole Miss and Vanderbilt in the SEC. And they're giving up over 33 points per game. And for a defense that was supposed to be more aggressive and getting after the quarterback, they have just four sacks over their last four games. That's one per game. That is not going to get it done. Pellini should be out at LSU despite having a $5 million buyout. It's going to cost LSU. I'll also tell, tell you Scott Linehan should hit the road as their passing game coordinator. Remember, he was the replacement for Joe Brady, who revitalized LSU's offense last year and brought Joe Burrow the Heisman Trophy. Scott Linehan was supposed to specialize in third downs and red zone offense. Guess what? LSU hasn't been great at either of those. But Coach O is not going to go anywhere for now. He's still the reigning national champ coach of the year from 2019. But he will definitely be judged by how his team performs going into 2021 and moving forward. And that is your top 10 takeaways from week 11 of the SEC. When we return, we'll take a look ahead at the games this weekend and the remaining SEC schedule. I tell you guys all the time, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And I mean it. I just got a new box in, uh, what was it, about two weeks ago from Built Bar. All the different flavors, a variety pack. And it's just so much better. You feel so much better about yourself when you're looking for a mid-afternoon snack instead of eating Cheetos or whatever else junk food you can name in there. Built Bar is the way to go. 18 amazing flavors. Uh, Six of them relatively new. The Cookies and Cream is my personal favorite. They are bars covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, but they are great for the health-conscious person. The cookies and cream that I eat 17 grams of protein in it, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar. They are the best post-workout thing you could do for yourself with all the protein that is in it. I grab one instead of uh, eating junk food or whatever for breakfast. I'll just grab a, a built Bar sometimes just to get uh, on the car and get on the go. Go check them out right now. BuiltBar.com is the website. We tell you all the time, use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you're going to get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Hey guys, the wait is almost over the 2020 slash 2021 NBA season is almost here. And the locked on NBA podcast is going to get you ready with a special week of shows beginning December 14th, get previews of every team division by division from all 30 of our locked on local experts, including, well, whatever team you prefer in the NBA plus waiver wire additions from locked on fantasy basketball Rookies to watch from Chad Ford and predictions on each division from rejecting the screen. Subscribe to Locked on NBA wherever you get your podcasts. All right, before we call it a show, I want to take an early look at kind of the next two weeks, the last two weeks of the SEC. We know that uh, South Carolina and Kentucky both concluded their seasons. Uh, I want to give a round of applause to both of them, you know, for all the things they had to overcome of positive tests and quarantines and all this other stuff. It's amazing that we were able to get through it and Kentucky and South Carolina both finished off their seasons this past weekend playing a full complete 10-game schedule. That is awesome. A lot of people doubted it. A lot of people didn't think it would happen. Let's uh, cross our fingers and hope the rest of the SEC is able to do it this week and next. Alright, the SEC office announced on Sunday the start times and television networks that will televise its games this upcoming Saturday on December 12th. The uh, traditional SEC Network triple header is going to feature, well, let's just get into it, the times. At 11 a.m. on this Saturday on ESPN, that's 11 Central, 12 Eastern. We're going to have number one Alabama at Arkansas, like I said, on ESPN. So that is that one over on the SEC Network, 11 Central, 12 Eastern. It'll be number eight, Georgia at Mizzou. A sneaky good game. I'm really intrigued to see how Georgia looks on the road against the Mizzou team that has just been rolling these last couple of weeks. Uh, in the afternoon, 3 o'clock Central, 4 Eastern on the SEC Network. We'll have 2-6 and 6 Tennessee at 0-8 Vanderbilt. Tennessee, that better be your get-right game and get you back into the win column. Because I'll just say right now, if Tennessee loses that game, I think Jeremy Pruitt's gone by next week. We will see. 6 o'clock Central, 7 Eastern on ESPN. It'll be 3-5 and 5 LSU at number six, Florida, last chance for Kyle Trask to kind of put up some numbers and uh, really impress and get himself ready for the SEC championship game. And then also at night at six thirty central, seven thirty Eastern on the SEC network, it will be five and four Auburn at two and six Mississippi State. Definitely, one Gus Malzahn and company need to win to you know finish six and four. It's not great. But at least build some confidence going up into the offseason. They'll have a good bowl game, hopefully, uh, for them. And we'll see if Bo Nix can build some momentum going into next year. Lastly, at 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock Eastern on CBS, primetime CBS spot here on Saturday night, it will be 4-4 four four Ole Miss at number 5 Texas A&M. We mentioned earlier, a little chance for the Aggies to really uh, impress and try to win this one handily and keep building up their resume for that college football playoff committee to try to impress them and maybe get a spot in there for Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin. Look, he loves the the spotlight. Lane Kiffin is going to want to show off his offense with Matt Corral and company and put a lot of points up on Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies, Aggies. So that will be a fun one. And that will cap off this weekend's games. Just a look ahead to Saturday, December 19th, because Obviously, still a lot of makeup games to be had. We don't have times yet, other than the SEC championship game, which, as you guys know already, has moved to prime time this year. That one will be at 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern on CBS. It'll be Alabama versus Florida for the SEC title game a week from Saturday. The other games that day, we that we still have to make up. We've got Ole Misses at LSU. We got A at Tennessee. Vanderbilt at Georgia and Mizzou at Mississippi state. Those are all the games still to be had to finish off the season. If we get through this whole slate of games this weekend and that slate of games, the following weekend, we will have done it. We will have successfully completed the sec football schedule and we will all high five and celebrate and be excited that we got through the season. But look, even for the teams that aren't playing for the title this year, still a lot to be determined, right? I mean, you talk about Mike Leach, Lane Kiffin, Eli Drinkwitz, those guys, as first-year coaches, uh, Sam Pittman, they want to build up some momentum heading into the offseason. And, you know, let's see how many of these, act- these teams actually go to bowl games because, as we know, it is, um, you know, a year where teams are losing records will go to bowl games because they've got to fill in those uh, all those slots. So, look, there's a lot to be determined still in these last two weeks of the SEC, and it's going to be really exciting. So I'm looking forward to it. That is gonna do it for this edition of locked on sec appreciate all you guys for listening i've almost run out of breath and voice from talking so much tomorrow we'll let some guests do the talking for us ben breiner covers south carolina for the state newspaper in columbia he'll join us to recap the shane beamer press conference tell us what he thinks of the new hire of a head coach in the sec we'll discuss that and much much more plenty to discuss the heisman race kyle trask Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, who's your vote? We'll discuss all that throughout the week here on Locked on SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.